0: So you may remember from last week that when I was in high school and college, I worked on an island in northern Michigan, and it was in the middle of Lake Huron in between the upper and lower peninsula right by the Mackinac Bridge. Uh, It was a really cool place. Um, I worked at a historic park, and earlier than that, when I was younger, I worked as a nanny um, for a family who lived on the island. And it was, it really was a a good time. Uh, One of the things that was so fun about it was you got to hang out at night. And of course there was like a lot of underage drinking, um, which was a hoot. Um, But there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of activities to do. You could ride your bike around the island, you could go hiking or you could hang out. And that was kind of it at night. Um, But the one thing that was really special was that every Monday night, the family that owns Lowe's um, not the hardware store, but the movie chain. They would fly in a movie for us, and I remember um, seeing Titanic, uh, which was cool. Although people acted really creepy, they the you know how there's some jokes in Titanic, but it's not like deaf comedy jam. People were just losing their minds laughing, and then the part where um, the musicians on deck are playing um you know that sort of like beautiful elegy as the ships going down and there's the old couple the Levi Strauss couple who just get in bed and get ready to drown the place just erupted with laughter which was really odd um but so that was a weird one but one one that was really funny was we were watching that um Sandra Bullock movie speed and so it's the one where there's the I think she's in a bus that's barreling through that they have to maintain it at an exact speed or it explodes. And um, all of a sudden at the end, it rams into, I think, a van. But on the side of it, it said Starline. And the what was funny about that was there's three ferry lines that get to the island and one of them is Starline. So the whole place just went nuts laughing. Like it seemed like it was a, um, a movie very specially for us. Um, which is kind of a cool random thing to just feel when well, you'd see so many tourists every day. And so just to feel kind of connected with everybody else who worked on the island, all coming to the same movie night. Um, but it, it didn't last the whole time I worked on the island. I think a couple years in, they stopped doing it cause it just got too expensive. But, um, yeah, Monday movie nights on Mackinac was a good time.
1: Welcome back to Broken Corners, where we are going to be going through part two of our interview with Brian. Um, We had so much fun, we wanted to do it twice. Um, But (laughs) I want to talk about your story. Uh, First of all, I'm slightly insulted that you called it a Sandra Bullock movie when it's a Keanu Reeves movie.
0: Oh, it's an unnamed Keanu Reeves vehicle?
1: (laughs) Uh, It's Keanu Reeves, Dennis Hopper, and um, Sandra Bullock also jeff daniels is in it mm. and um
0: you seem to have a great deal of investment in yeah, I mean, speed it was one
1: of, was one of my uh, favorites as a as a child as oh a, did you
0: have it on vhs
1: i did have it on vhs nice i even went to the movie theater the local theater and asked if i could have the big um cardboard cutout
0: oh wow
1: um because i was thinking that i can start collecting these things <laughs> which when you live in a small room you really can't yeah that was one wall <laughs> yeah that was one room <laughs> like i shared a bed with keanu <laughs> like you know um what was on the poster it was keanu and the bus <laughs> so
0: do you remember what i'm talking about where it rams this thing I don't called re- Starline?
1: i yes i i think i think you're talking about the scene where i haven't seen it in a while they are um so the idea is they can't go below 55 miles an hour or the bus will blow up sure so the thought one of the they have a genius idea to go into a runway because they could just circle a runway. Okay. Um and always hit fifty five because yeah. there's no traffic. So I think while they're getting to the airport, I believe they hit a start it's a bus, right? A star bus? I think bus? so, yeah.
0: yeah. I mean it was funny too, because on Mackinac there's no cars. Mm. There's only there's three emergency vehicles and that's it, because right. they never um, like, it was already a tourist destination in yeah. the 1800s, so they decided they weren't going to expand the roads because they wanted to keep it picturesque. Right. So it was just a really funny thing to watch this movie that's about driving right. a vehicle that it goes and slams into, like, it looked like they were trying to take out our ferry line.
1: You guys. Well, I also, I'm a little concerned about the morbidity of uh, the employees of this establishment, because you were laughing at the Titanic. You were laughing I at, a, like, taking out like you know, I have a friend who actually, you know, I would like to talk about this, uh, if we ever get them on the podcast, who, uh, when we saw Titanic together, mm-hmm. um, and towards the end of the movie, they just started, they started bawling.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: So that person might come on in a few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not naming that's any a, names.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a good tease.
1: Yeah, so they just started it's, bawling. R- and it's I was, Rob. They just started bawling. (laughs) And I looked over and said, what's going on? And and yeah, it was weird. I didn't know. Well, it
0: was I mean, it was so strange because the, um, you know, there's sort of like tension relieving uh, sarcasm. And that's about it in that movie. It's
1: not a comedy in any way. I mean, I thought it was quite comical.
0: Yeah. Well, like, okay. Here's the thing that people would say that drove me out of my mind. And to this day, I still don't understand it. Why would I go see that? I know what's going to happen. It's going to sink. That's true, though. Yeah. I mean, we know there's... That means never watch any movie with a hist- no, like I a mean, historic movie. All right.
1: So here's the thing. Like, It's like when you... There is some element um, when you already know the end of a plot. Yeah there's, there's a part of it That's dead already Right Like you're like Well I kind of It's like watching prequels You're like Well I already know The whole Full outcome of it Like And, and you know Prequels are designed I guess just to be like It's all about the journey mm. Right And that's the most important thing Which I get But sometimes When you have like an, Like an investment In something It's like Well
0: I, I can't think I of a single of... prequel I've ever had any interest in That's
1: a good point I can't think of any either Oh huh?
0: Yeah, all right.
1: <laughs> so, um, I had a question. Um, just kind of going back, and Brian is not here. We're doing yeah the, um, the pre before the uh, just a thing. little pickup, just a, yeah a little fuck around, right? So, um, has since you're older, has How your view you? of <laughs> um, reenactors changed?
0: Of reenactors, <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, so I haven't, I've lived in New York for 15 years Mm -hmm. now, and so I really have not been around reenactors or many interpreters since then. There are not many A couple interpreters, yeah. I mean, I had looked into it when I first moved here, because I didn't have a job when I came to the city, and there was a, um, I think it's called Richmond Hill on Staten Island. They have a living history farm. Okay. But they were, um like max you were going to make 30 grand well, yeah. and that was not going to work. Not in New York city. No. Um, Unfortunately. Yeah. So that's when I, you know, I moved away from, I, <laughs> right. I moved away from my nonprofit roots. Right. Um, but yeah. So it hasn't really, what are you getting at with that question? What are, you, what are
1: you talking know, about? I just felt like there was like this, like, you know, like, you know, looking down on me, not looking down, but like looking like, Hey, I'm a professional. And well, you're it wasn't a hobby person.
0: I mean, that was just true. <laughs> it's not so. so there's there's I, no then... judgment. There's no but there's no judgment in it because I mean, so many. Um, a lot of reenactors are amazing crafts people and yeah. what they do because they have to create like so many things, pants. like pork pants. I don't. They were. I th- I would <laughs> say they were more likely beef than pork pants. The the smoky pants, um, but. I, I don't I don't look down on reenactors. I just know that for me, right. I wouldn't do it unless I was getting paid. Oh yeah, like I don't I don't want to go to a weekend camp out and because one I don't know if we talked about this, but one weird thing about the job of being a um, interpreter. Is that you end up recreating the gender roles of the time that you're representing? That makes sense. And that was so like when we talked about how Brian he was in the fort, yeah, the camp for yeah, (coughs) (laughs) and so there was only my staff, which was in the downtown. We would have one person in the fort a day, and the rest of the staff up there were all men. Hmm. And so, and what my staff did was the children's tours.
1: Oh yeah, which is a very (coughs) female.
0: Yeah, and um, so that was that was one thing where I don't I don't have an inclination to go and you know do like some Civil War reenactment where I end up you know there's there's all these men who are out reenacting a battle yeah and then I'm off to the side I mean because that's lemons. the other what's that with lemons with trying to keep him from having scurvy
1: no well also the um, so during the Civil War they were um, It was a lemon shortage because they were using the lemons to uh, disinfect the, when they would amputate.
0: Oh, wow. So. I've never heard that one. I mean, I guess probably the most um, accurate thing you could be in an encampment like that would be a nurse, maybe.
1: Walt Whitman was a nurse. Walt Whitman was a nurse. Absolutely. absolutely. I mean, that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. (laughs)
1: No, it really was. It really was. That's Um, a tough tough gig, though. I.
0: yeah. Like it, one was, time, it was it was really awful. Yeah. Mm-mm. Um no, so that's the thing is I just don't I don't have the interest I mean, in a reenactor.
1: It's a tough it's
0: a tough thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Male yeah. nurse. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, I'm just not, not interested in it. Yeah. That was the thing. So when I moved to Kentucky, I was kind of thinking I would get a master's degree in mm-hmm. um Oh no. What is it called? That I can't even think of what the name of the concentration is. That's terrible. But basically in, in working in, um, like an educational capacity in history museums. And then I realized there that a big part of it had been Mackinac Mm. that I was so in love with and that doing it in Kentucky didn't like, wasn't getting it for me in the same way. Right. But also like in, in Kentucky, we weren't representing or not representing. We weren't we didn't have a lot of documentation on specific people. We were just talking about the 1850s. Okay. Whereas on Mackinac, we could say, you know, Agatha Biddle lived in this house. Her right. her kids were named this. This you know, we would have all the paperwork from her as a businesswoman and like it. So it's just a very different thing. The micro
1: concentration, right? Like other than a macro, like this is the history of like this town. This yeah. Portrait, like it seemed like. What which, which you were saying before is like we actually focused on family history, right? And how that family there was, interacted with the whole of the town. Or yeah, was, yeah. The island.
0: No, there was um there was one family who had been stationed in the fort in the eighteen eighties or eighteen nineties, and um they actually they were shipped out and brought back once in the either. I don't remember which round it was, but they had a child who I think was to die mm. and they had gotten the orders to ship out. And so they had to leave their friends there to actually bury their child. Jeez. Um, And so things like that, you know, in tw- 15, 20 years ago, I could have told you that kid's name and right. exactly when it happened. And so, um, I mean, my perspective on it was always that the, I was interested in making the visitors identify emotionally with the people because then they would realize they were real people
1: with the the place they're at currently. Yeah. Right. And the place that you love basically. Yeah. So you wanted to share your, you know, love affection towards this place with other people.
0: It's true. Yeah. I just wanted people to realize that, you know, people in the past were people like you are. Right. Yeah. That
1: makes sense. That's how I feel about Corona.
0: About Corona. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, Alexa. <laughs> um, any news on Woody Allen?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so in the in the second part of our interview with Brian, um, one of the things that we ended up talking about was, uh, you know, Woody Allen and separating the art from the artist. And then it turns out two, three days later after we yes. recorded it, the um, big interview with soon came out. Um, and I, I don't want to get too into it because we're going to talk about yeah. it um but it, it didn't really solve anything for me
1: it didn't take care of any of your <laughs> <laughs> concerns
0: any concerns that i had yeah
1: yeah um
0: but it's not really something that's knowable you know and I, it's good to get the perspective of the person who was actually it is most good to directly involved from, in yeah, it
1: to provide a voice to the victim yeah instead of everyone just you know but there's also another victim apparently not apparently that the other victim is the other daughter, right? Right. So there's, there was
0: the molestation, and then yeah, there was so the, yeah I, the accusation of yeah, molestation. So, yeah, yeah, I don't
1: know. <laughs> well, laugh. we're really
0: we're selling we're selling this is a fun one,
2: but uh, <laughs> we're
0: about to pick back up with um, our interview with Brian, and uh, it, we're actually just uh, at a part where we're about to start talking about his um, newest short film project, which is uh, a movie called Match.
1: Yes. Um, so. We're gonna dive right in, and um, I hope you enjoy the conversation as much as we did. Thank you.
0: From history to new memories.
1: New memories. Does uh, anyone is, have any new memories I do. this week? So on Friday, we were all at uh, a film festival uh, for shorts, right?
2: And we saw Brian's film, <laughs> Match. Match. Um, and we all went for support. It's about ten it's about tennis, yeah, yeah. I love tennis. <laughs> um, it, was, it, was, tennis. Um, it, it was, it was, was funny. It was, it was, it was
1: well received. Um, and but not, just stop joking for a hot second. But um, <laughs> watching it for the second time, I actually enjoyed it more the second time. Uh, thanks.
2: Um, and I got, I don't know. I wish I could remember where I was the first time I watched it. I think we were at the A frame. Were we? I think I showed you like a really early cut. Yeah, I, I at just the eight frame.
1: It was more maybe it was because of the, like the interaction of the crowd that was there and feedback, but also just um, enjoying the film. Um, kind of like on a second time allowed me to see different things I didn't see before. That's yeah. cool. And um, I don't know. I don't
2: know how much you want to talk about it, but I would love to talk about it now. So, uh, <laughs> like um, I'm really proud of the film. Like it's yeah. always. Really cool to be in an audience where people are reacting. Yeah. Yeah. Cause otherwise I don't know how mm. what I intend for people to get from it. Yeah. Like I don't know how that's actually being received. Yeah. Um, so you know, for the listeners, I don't know, should I do this? Should I, should I say like a narrative? Like tell tell yeah. like just I give it quick. I mean, don't, quick give bit. No, don't give it away. Don't give, <laughs> yeah, don't give uh, it away. Uh it's don't <laughs> give it all away. <laughs> it's based on a play I produced a number of years ago by a friend from grad school. Her name is Colette Mazunik. And um it's essentially this blind date that happens. And then you two can correct me if I'm wrong on any of this just based on your interpretation of what happened. But it's a it's a date that happens, a first date where you know there's sort of awkwardness at the yes. beginning, expected awkwardness that leads to a sort of confrontation yeah. of intelligence, mm-hmm. and then a confrontation or um, a competition yeah. of the worst part of yourself. Mm.
1: Right. And what I wanted to say, what <clears> I noticed a second. Yeah. Why I thought it was why I thought it was fucking awesome was it's not only a first date, it's the whole fucking relationship.
2: It's the whole relationship. In
1: one fucking night. Yeah. And like whatever length of fucking time. And then yeah, it's I thought it was fucking
2: good. Thanks. Because yeah, 'Cause you're was... either on board after this or you're not, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm.
0: um after that date experience. <laughs> after that
2: date experience. Yeah.
0: And then the other thing about it, mm-hmm. um, which I won't give away is that there's a very cool structural, yeah, I, don't I guess, element yeah. to it. So on Thanks. top of the narrative, then there's something um, just really, I don't know, really smart and meaningful that you did with how you structured it. Thanks. Um, but where, um, where can people see it? Yeah, where.
2: Uh, You can't right now. (laughs) Sorry for bringing it up, folks. (laughs) So I'm in the festival run right now, and I have two festivals um, coming up in the next couple weeks. Um, Atlanta out on film. Okay. In case we have any people from Atlanta listening, you should come and see it. I think it's October second, which is a Tuesday at two p.m. Okay. Bit of an awkward time, (laughs) and then, but you know, who knows. And then, uh, also, it's at uh, the Great Lakes International Film Festival, which is in Erie, PA. Whoop, whoop. Uh, but they do... I don't know why I did that. I, I don't know, know why either. you did that. I did it because... Wasn't <laughs> it wasn't even Corona. I felt it like
0: I was it repping it Michigan, and then it turns out it was Pennsylvania.
2: Pennsylvania. <laughs> so it's, in, it's there. It's at those two places. I'm waiting back on probably another dozen film festivals to say yes. It's been okay. in some great festivals so far, like... Bermuda International. It was in competition there. Um, it was it Manhattan Film Festival where you saw it at, Karen? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't remember any of the other. on. Yeah. <laughs> that's all right. This weekend awesome. was Contra Film Series. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm really, I'm really proud of it. I'm trying to think of, you know, yeah, what to do next. And...
0: Right. it's a beautiful little movie. Everybody <laughs> who gets a chance to see it, yeah, sure. it's really,
2: it is pretty. You said that from the beginning. Um, it's, yeah, that visually, it was, that it's it was gorgeous. So visually beautiful. Yeah. In large part, that's it's shot in Excuse My French, which I know has been mentioned on this yes. podcast. Yes, but not before. always with the
0: correct address. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes.
2: It's a 96 Orchard Street. Yeah,
0: Excuse My French is um, Brian's husband's bar in the Lower East Side, yep. um, which is a little beautiful French a bar tapas a bar.
2: Bar. It's a bar. It's a tapas bar. Oh, tapas. And I tapas. designed some of the drinks that are there. You and should go and have pressure. some. We've got a new menu yeah. starting soon. But it's not about that. Anyway, you should just go. <laughs> yeah, just go. It's delicious. It is and it's right delightful.
0: across from the Tenement Museum, really... so you could go on it. Speaking of a history, historical. historical living,
2: <laughs> that's and that's a whole other
1: um, <laughs> history that's not often visited. Yeah, uh, and they go through
0: the, all the different eras of the Lower East
2: Side. City, so. Also, my favorite museum in the city. Is is it? it really is. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think it's oh. such.
0: <laughs> we were such fairness.
2: When, we were uh, such dicks when we Not were long there. after
0: I moved here,
2: <laughs> Brian had already <laughs> been here a few dicks. years,
0: and I'm afraid a, of
2: this story, but
0: okay, it's not that bad. A friend of ours came to visit who we had worked with at the island at the park. Was it
2: Bethany? Yeah. Okay. And cool.
0: we went to the Tenement Museum and we went on a tour, and we really, honestly, didn't mean to, but we straight <laughs> up, we straight up heckled that poor tour guide because uh, we just kept asking questions. Oh, well, that's
2: not heckling.
0: Yeah, but and
2: they're more tour guides; they're more docents. Yeah. Than um. Not costumed. Exactly. That was the only difference. <laughs>
0: so
2: that was pretty big difference. You, go, you already came like, oh, he's not wearing a costume.
0: No, <laughs> I had no issue. There was no issue with that. It's just that um, no, but we just kept asking the, well, this is what we'd want to know.
2: You and I did this as well at Ellis Island. How so dare you? Holly used to work on Ellis Island for a summer as I don't know what the program is called. It was but a, they,
0: it was a get your SAG card program.
2: It, it was a get your SAG card program. <laughs> What? <laughs> it was a really easy way for actors to get their SAG cards. No, and that's important. And, that's, and it was a, that's really important. It's super important. <laughs> yeah, and it yeah. was a really cool way, uh, you know, to tell history as well. Like they did, I don't know, a 20 mm. or 30 minute presentation. I know a number of people actually who have done that now. All I
0: remember, not all I remember. One big thing from Ellis Island I remember are the eye hooks.
2: Yes, yes, yes. Oh.
0: What? They would pop people's eyelids up. Fuck!
2: <laughs>
0: <to> l- Whiskey! <laughs> As they were, you know, passing them through to see if they had any any illness. Yeah.
2: So anyway, it was also on Ellis Island where, outside of this presentation that Holly was part of, you know, Karen and I were walking through the museum and we are just like, God, this is all bullshit. <laughs> like, not that the information was bullshit, <laughs> but just in the way they were presenting it. There's a solid That's like 12 Neil Diamond years ago. played in the background. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. exactly.
0: <laughs> it was probably 15 years ago. It was probably 15
2: years ago. Uh, it was. It was just honestly really poorly designed. Yeah. And I, every time I say that, people look at me like. Ooh. But as they should, but as they should, but I, will, should, but I mean, you I've never can, been to You, can, it doesn't you matter. Go. You can definitely appreciate a well-designed versus a poorly designed museum. <laughs> yes. yes, I'm just saying they didn't have cannons. <laughs> there were no cannons. <laughs>
0: it's just like no, the degree no. of um, how interactive things yeah.
2: are and how how it flows.
0: But so, I recently, I think I've told you both this already. But last last fall, I went to Baltimore with a friend, and. Um, we went to the um, the Star Fort at the at the yeah, yeah, yeah front of the harbor. Yeah. Which is where the whole um like the big battle in the War of eighteen twelve was fought and oh, that's okay. where Francis Scott Key, the horrible racist, was looking out and saw that the American flag was still flying and that's what he wrote the Star Spangled Banner off right, of. Right. And um the stuff that they did there in their little visitor center was really amazing and really cool, and they yeah. had all these interactive video elements, and then they used the wall of the facility to um, to frame the flag outside, and then they did all the same kind of stuff that we did in the fort with you know, the flag raising yeah, and yeah. the same kind of interaction, but I was like, that's so cool that... This job that meant so much to me that I had 20 years ago at this point, you know, that it's, it's continuing to get better. And
2: yeah, um, and it definitely influences how I see things, like how I see other historic places or other yeah. art places. Like, so... Maybe a last, well, my last, my only question, my last question <laughs> is, you know, last year Ricardo and I went to Asia. We toured the War Remnants Museum in mm-hmm. Hanoi, which is one of the coolest museums. Not Hanoi. It's in Ho Chi Minh City or Saigon. One of the coolest museums I've ever been in. Okay. Another is like the Anne Frank House. Okay. Because it flows perfectly and it's perfectly designed for you to have the experience they want you to have to know the history that was happening. Right. But then, just on an art side, also in Amsterdam was the Van Gogh Museum, and I also think that flows perfectly. What's one of your favorite museums? One of my favorite. Museums? Yeah,
1: history museum.
2: Uh, history or Ooh. art, whatever. I don't know. Like both. Give me, give me a one of each. What's you know, like what do you think are good museums? What's the one that's a circle in Manhattan. The Guggenheim?
0: The one that had the wolves around it It had time? the wolves
2: that time. That Did was, you
0: see that exhibit?
2: No, but I like... All right, so I'm a huge fan <laughs> that of... That was um, when we ran into that idiot. We ran into... Oh, sh- he's not an idiot. We just ran into someone we sort of knew. And I was like... He was like, how's your experience here? And I was like, <laughs> I just saw my first Kandinsky. Mm-hmm. And he literally went, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, I got to go. <laughs> I got to get away from you. Um... um
1: What's the, Jesus Christ, one of my, fa- my favorite artists, and I can't think of
2: his fucking name. Um, Salvador Dali. No. Oh. Oh, he does not like Salvador no. Dali. Um, so it'll be the
1: one, if Vanderbilt, because they have a lot of his paintings, and I can't think of his name. And then the other one will be, um, when I was in Spain, we went to the museum, I can't remember the name. And they oh have, my God, if you, you say know, the Frick. Picasso, I don't uh. know, they have a lot of Picasso paintings, and I like Picasso, I like I like Cubist art.
2: Um so those will be the two. I have such a hard time with Picasso because he was such a horrible person. Keeping I mean, ladies in veal crates. Keeping the ladies in the veal crates. Where it's is so No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it makes them so moist and tender You thinner. gotta keep him in the tiny. No, players. I mean I, I have a But I'm blown away by so much of what he was doing. Yeah. I mean those, yeah I mean, But he was such a horrible fucking human. Yeah, a lot of people. No, and I'm, totally. not, I'm not, I'm not totally. justifying. I'm not justifying your acts.
1: Totally, just saying like,
2: sorry, we're taking this down a road yeah, that I was like I mean, not. Now a this is where day. we're gonna go. But like, it's like <laughs> how do you
1: like? So many people produce such beautiful things, and then like in in their inner core, they were horrible human beings. It's like, oh my god, name the, eighteen
2: thousand artists exactly, alive right now. Where does
1: the appreciation come? Because yeah. it's like you're you are a despicable human being
2: it's really oh, who had a really awesome like here's how to separate the art from the artist i don't know if oh barts it... barts no maybe no well, I, he was, that's...
1: He was the, the, the the death of the artist right so the death of the author where he stated that um this he stated that once the author uh releases something in the open it's no longer his Oh, I do not agree. <laughs> oh, this is, well, we're going to have to come back. This, this is, is a whole part, other thing. Yeah. <laughs> Who I was thinking of was
2: Amber. It was Amber from uh, Seth Meyers, Late Night oh, with Seth, Me- Seth Meyers Ruffin. or whatever that's called. Amber Ruffin. Oh, yeah. She did a whole thing yeah. about, like, how do you separate the art from the artist? Like, how do you know the things about mm-hmm. Picasso and then still look at a Picasso? Mm-hmm. And I watched this video once, but I think she was just like... You don't. You don't. You move yeah. on. Like, you, you look at Picasso, and then you go right. on to
0: something I else. I mean, I think we've talked about this yeah. in the, the Cosby context before. Oh. Um, Same. That's that's a big one. For you. Are you sleepy now?
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so many drugs put in my drink.
0: Uh, Who put that in? Uh, Because, oh, I was just thinking about it recently because I think it came up where they shamed Alvin. For working at Oh yeah! Oh my God,
1: that was terrible. It was
0: terrible, right? And I had a whole like spiral about it, and for where, for days I just kept saying to Brian. I don't understand what, how just someone, to me, if you We said,
2: talked about this with other friends, I, like...
0: Well, I don't understand... Because, you know, I was raised so poor, but, like, the one thing, you, like... You work. The one value... I had, you, yeah, work. I, work. I, I, you work. I have had a job since I was 12 years old, pretty right. much you continuously. And,
2: and for so much of that, at least two jobs.
0: Yeah. But, which, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's fine. I, like, wasn't being tortured, but... I just, the idea that you would criticize someone, someone for, for working, working. Exactly. because the, the whole narrative of like, well, like what would be better if he was, if it, the tweet had been, oh, he's getting food stamps. Oh, you fucking lazy piece of shit. You're not working. Right. But then you like, you're going to say something about him because he's working.
1: Right. No, it's, I
0: just, I don't understand how you would ever comment on somebody's, somebody working. Right. Like, no, I agree. Like we're only, I think
2: we're all, I mean, people are assholes.
0: But I think actually the I think the woman the woman who made the initial tweet was just kind of like that's weird that's Alvin and then
2: people it, went insane yeah, yeah. it yeah. took off but I have mine I think I think I
1: think yeah there's
0: but the oh yeah. so I was thinking about the Cosby stuff because for me I I always used to just like Brian would have you know he Brian likes uh, Woody way more than really? I Alan. Way more than I ever did. Oh.
2: Don't look at me like that. You know I like Woody Allen movies. I like Woody <laughs> right. I Look, there's a certain number. Read, uh... There are a certain number of movies I do not care for for very obvious reasons. Yeah. But many movies, specifically not Annie Hall, specifically deconstructing Harry's. I a love really deconstructing good fucking Harry.
0: Movies. That's the one I, I love. Just it's
2: the one I love. I... Yeah. I'm gonna I'm
1: gonna pull a, my race card on this one and be like, I just don't care.
0: Yeah, a lot of times I'm just totally bored by fine.
1: him I'm bored. That's but totally so, fine
0: So when, you know, the stuff about Woody came out I was always kind of like, that guy's a piece of shit, Brian So you still like him? Good for you
2: Well, what stuff coming out are you talking
0: about? I, let's not get into that I
2: did air quotes
0: Yeah, listen, we don't need to talk about what Woody did <laughs>
2: definitely not
0: my point is what do you do no no
2: (laughs) none of us agree with any of it (laughs) it was very
0: easy for me to say to you get over it and then when the cosby stuff happened that was just a wound
2: because you felt a connection
0: because that meant so much to me
2: yeah yeah
0: and so yeah the whole split it out (laughs) thing but um I mean, he's pretty much over for me now. Cosby
2: or Woody Allen?
0: I mean, Cosby, and not Cosby. Cosby a is a personal. Woody Allen for me. was
2: always over for Karen. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Other than deconstructing Harry. Yeah,
0: um, yeah.
2: There are a couple goodies,
0: but it, <laughs> I don't know. There's still there's, like I would never pay. I would never. I would never contribute money towards him again. Which one? To, towards Cosby. Well neither okay. of them need it. But then I also I don't know, there there was so much they there was so much good in that show. At least there was for me.
1: No,
2: well I mean we're talking there about There was separation. also a lot of bad <laughs>
1: No, the show wasn't bad, right? It was two <laughs> affluential African Americans. You had one was a lawyer, one was a doctor.
2: I mean it did
1: The
0: do, position they took about women on that show was amazing. It did
2: do a lot. Totally. The position he took in his life about black people, though, was another story. Yeah. Oh, that was later yeah. on. And, it and wasn't that much later on, though. I mean, I mean... He'd always had that position. He, yeah, and,
1: I mean, you could look at a lot of things. You could look at Eddie Murphy's role when he talks about how Bill Cosby called him. You could look at, um, when he had those... Called some, him what? Like he was, Oh, when he called him, and... You, have you seen Eddie Murphy's role when he was yeah, like... He, but he, so, long so long He down starts down. talking about, like, um... Eddie Murphy goes, That he wasn't jail.
2: doing something positive for the black kid, but that he keeps cursing in his stand up. Yeah, so Eddie
1: Murphy was like, Oh my god, I'm so upset! Like, you know, like I, I looked up to you. Like, so he calls Richard Pryor, and, and Richard Pryor's like, Do you like basically when you curse on stage, do people laugh? He's like, Yeah, so he's like, Do you he's like do you, tell him to have a coke in his mouth? Shut the fuck up, yeah, you know, I mean? like everything <laughs> they
2: were doing was a response to Cosby, right?
1: So he was the clean cut guy. And that's kind of like you have your clean cut guy and then you have your underbelly mm-hmm. like, comedians. Richard Pryor is a total underbelly comedian but a funny as fuck dude. Like,
2: it's just always a response to something though. It is. You it know is what I mean? Like, it's not like that was just their thing. It was that they were responding to something else. What sells?
1: Right? What well, Dick everything comedians?
2: sells. It just depends on who your audience is. Yeah. I mean,
1: you have comedians like um, Dick Gregory, who is funny as fuck. Um, Paul Mooney, Mm. Jesus Lord, oh, Paul (laughs) Mooney, (laughs) like, yeah, and like, like, really, I mean, you're talking about African American comedians who will like make you feel uncomfortable,
2: tell the truth, and like, (laughs) but here's this here's the thing, I think Netflix now has like a whole history of comedy situation going on, which mm -hmm. Ricardo is in the middle of watching and telling me about, but, um. Cosby did his thing because I think he was trying to make the most amount of money he could. He was appealing to the widest possible audience. Yeah. And um, Pryor, which was... Did you say the widest? Widest. <laughs> but yeah. also no. the yeah. widest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but Pryor and Murphy were in some ways a response to that.
1: Yeah, I mean, like there's a
2: Like they weren't specifically excluding black people. Yeah, I mean, there's a thing about Or at about, least a certain part of that population. There's a thing about uh, comedy, right? Like you are you going to work clean? That's a big thing.
1: Like how what's your jokes going to be? Are you going to be dirty? Like like are you going to curse? Like it's, it's a thing like in you know, what's your stand up going to be like? And like certain people try to go clean to be you know, I guess Bill Cosby were one of them. And he's also, like, was a big star. Like, yeah, TV shows and, like... Totally. And he should have been. What, what was it? I Spy. And, like, he was working at, like, with... Ghost like, Dad. Ghost Dad was his show?
2: Oh, yeah. No, it, <laughs> was a, it was a movie. Yeah. He had a number like, of movies. He was the jell spokesman.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, like, he, he, he did was, like, America's, like, you know, like, it's, it reminds me of, like, baseball with Jackie Robinson. Like, we're gonna pick, you know, a person who can be...
2: But I don't think, I think Jackie that. Robinson had say over what was being said about him. And I think Bill Cosby had a very he had direct a lot of power influence as to how his narrative was progressed. But I think
1: it's also who do you, like, who, like, as a NBC who chose the Cosby as a Cosby show, like, who do you choose to be the voice totally. in, of a whole culture, right? So, um... But
0: did you feel that way? I mean, for me, like... I definitely didn't frame it in terms of, like, America's dad, but, like, right. he was just, he was a dad. And then not, not in a colorblind, you know, oh, he just happened to be black, but he, that, there was, I don't know, his race was not the most important thing about him.
2: No, oh, but it was specifically a part of the show.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. But it still was something that, um... I, oh my god, I am not, I am not apologizing for Cosby right now.
1: <laughs> I just wanted to say that.
0: Cosby
2: apologizes.
0: Apologize. Well, this is the separation between the art and the artist, right?
1: I mean, he did do a lot. He is an important figure in in, in African American culture in this country. I mean, think about it. It part-time, all happened. That's all I'm saying spot. Is
0: it all happened. Yeah,
2: it totally. all happened. And he's also
0: a, he
1: a
2: douchebag to drug women. And like, which he said on The Cosby Show, literally. That episode, it was literally. He like jokes a line about
0: Spanish Fly in every comedy set on he On The ever Cosby had. Show.
2: <laughs> I, yeah, no. But. Um, <laughs> I'm not saying he's good or bad. It's a thing, and he had a particular agenda he was going after, it's, publicly and privately. I, I, I like this. And then there were dissidents like Chris Rock and Richard Pryor who were doing their own thing in response to what me he was of... doing. And also because that's what they wanted to do.
1: It reminds me of when Both. people found out that Martin Luther King Jr. had an affair. What? What? Uh oh. Affairs are the here's worst. Here is a can of words for this I guy. I know. Affairs and are was the like, worst. "Oh my god!" People were blown away because Martin Martin was the epitome of like the I don't know, like Christ-like black figure in African American culture, and is he had it? an affair. Yeah, that happened. But how do you like he still did a lot of fucking good. Also,
0: it doesn't mean didn't happen. It
1: wasn't illegal. Right. <laughs> like it wasn't No, I know. I'm not I'm not equating an affair with horrible acts of
0: predatory sexual <laughs> and
1: whatever it happened. Assault. Um, what I'm saying is it's when like someone you have, you hold to a higher standard fucks up and then you have to realize they're human and they may be a human being who did an, had an affair or they may be a, a, a terrible human being who did drug women and well, had all that. And
0: especially for people of color, like the idea that to make a difference, you have to be this Christ figure. Yes. And then he had just sort of a human foible. I mean, I'm sure his wife felt it was worse than that, but you know, yeah. and then, you know, and then with Cosby, you get the like full, that's oh, the it's full the on, inverse. Yeah.
1: yeah, that's. It's the not the you... angel,
0: it's the devil, you know?
1: Right. I mean, and that's a problem, right? I mean, like, why do you, there's certain well, people are held to a certain standard regard with certain things, so
0: Well, it's like the the guy I was telling about the guy who got shot in Houston where that woman went in his apartment. Dallas? Yeah. Or was it I don't, Houston, I, don't I don't know. Dallas and Houston. I don't know. Either way, but the guy with yeah, the police got, woman yeah. went in the wrong apartment. Wrong apartment. I don't understand. Yeah, I don't, it's a whole that's uncomfortable
2: with that whole story. Yeah. Right, like I but, don't. But she just told me about this last night, and I don't even. You know. You didn't know about it? Uh, no. But oh like, no, I'm, no, I'm no, trying no. to be more selective. That's fine. That's yeah. News consumption. They go
0: and they search his apartment. They're like, "Well, he had weed. Right. Oh, so that means you fucking murder him in his own apartment? Well, my whole
1: thing is a. You're supposed to be a trained police officer so but why was is your first thing to no shoot angel. somebody?
0: You know, so oh, oh, he's no angel. You know, he he had right.
1: drugs. Well, we have to. Take, so you shoot him. Well, that's a whole other issue because we have to make sure that you know we make that our law enforcement department looks good. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, she wasn't that crazy. He had weed. Mm. He was going to attack her with his weed.
0: Yeah, he was going to attack her with
1: the
2: thing. Just with like, throw weed he at her. He was going to
1: attack her. And then he had a grinder, a weed grinder. Oh. So like, oh, he was going to attack her with his weed grind. Those things are heavy. That's
2: there are little nails in there.
1: Yeah. Wow.
2: To grind that shit. Spikes.
1: Are there spikes? All
0: right. Well, well that, <laughs> this, is, this is a dark one we're not going to solve today. but
1: um, <laughs> No We're not going to solve any of it? No,
0: but this has been. This, this is, has
1: been great.
0: This has been episode one of season two, two of Broken yes. Corners, and Brian, I want to say thank you so much for coming. Hey. Yes, thank
2: you And for being our out. first guest. <laughs> yes. I love it. Uh, yeah. I mean,
1: you <laughs> have supported us, and yes. thank you for that, and uh, hopefully uh, this will get some listeners. I hope Excellent so. Stuff. Yeah. This is fun.
2: I love you guys. This was a hoot. It was just fun talking to everybody.
1: When I mean everybody, I
2: mean everybody. <laughs> <laughs> By everybody? I mean, everybody.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, if you guys want to get in touch with us, we're, of course, on social media all over the place. Um, Any new listeners or people who want to listen on different platforms, you can go through our website, brokencorners.com.
2: Is your website brokencorners.com?
0: Yeah. That's the one.
2: (laughs) Brokencorners.com. Dot com. Got
0: it. And we'll, um, I'll put in the show notes, um... I was going <laughs> to say a plug for Match, but do you have a site for Match?
2: Yeah, I don't it. have a site for Match. Yeah, um, do you have
0: anything else you'd want people to go to? Or
2: I mean, if you've never seen my movie, and I think both of you have, <laughs> um, <laughs> both of you people listening out there, no, <laughs> both of these two people I'm talking to. Wow, Karen is so deeply offended <laughs> right now. We have a lot of loyalists. Yes, <laughs> We do, we love if you guys. If you've never yeah. seen my movie Turtle Hill Brooklyn, uh, you should see it it's at TurtleHillBrooklyn.com okay, and good. yeah and yeah i don't know i'll get a website together soon enough for all www okay. i think it's an <laughs> http so In colons yes. everybody well, have a good week out there and so you uh, have we'll a
0: good we'll week and we'll see you soon bye
2: bye